Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 17th day of January. This is Paul. We're going to get back into the Mark chapter 1 journey, but I have a couple of really quick announcements to make. Number one, it is the middle of January, and January is the month where we send out the previous year's tax receipts for all of the donations. I think it's above a certain threshold, as mandated by the IRS, that we send out. Uh, so if you, if it was a small donation, then we we don't send them out. But we pile, we we compile these over through the course of the year through your credit card donations, your checks, and your PayPal donations, and we send them out in January. So by the end of January. Uh, we will have sent out all tax receipts for 2022. In fact, at, at the airing of this podcast, probably half of you at least have received them, if not all of you. Included in the tax receipt is a little, well, we, we do a little letter just sort of updating you on where we are, but we also include our annual New Year's card, which has a picture of our family. It's just our little greeting to you, let you know how much we appreciate you and and your donations to the ministry. Um, And if we missed any of your donations, if our records don't line up with yours, please let us know. Info at paulwhiteministries.com, and we would be glad to rectify that. Um, If you gave by PayPal, you will be getting an emailed receipt because PayPal does not require you to put your mailing address. However, if we have your mailing address, we usually go ahead and send that physical copy Um, So if you are a PayPal giver, we send a digital copy of our New Year's card. If you would like that, um, maybe you didn't give, but you'd like the New Year's card, you can email us info at paulwhiteministries.com. Let us know. We'll be sure and get you a digital copy of that. Um, That's the first announcement. The second announcement is I just finished chapter five of the author's walkthrough of our book, Between the Pieces. We do little segments of this. Uh, I did this for Revelation to Transformation. Now we've been working on Between the Pieces, where I sit down, spend about 20 minutes walking through each segment of that book and just giving you my thoughts, giving you updates, things I've, you know, that would add to it now and kind of flesh it out a little bit. We put some questions up on the screen at the end of that. They're about 20 minutes apiece. And chapter five is now available at additional content at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, for a, for a, uh, cost of $50. You get into the additional content, you get behind the paywall, and there's the entire Revelation to Transformation is back there. You can have the growing versions of Between the Pieces, which we're adding to as we finish whole chapters, is there. The audio book for uh, our our release, um, Righteous Saul to Righteous Paul, is there. And we are eventually going to convert some of the old CD sets. We're going to be in. We're going to digitize those, put them behind the paywall, very soon. So a lot of good stuff there. Check it out. Um, one-time donation gets you in there forever, regardless of how much we put in there. So I think it's a pretty good value. Let's get back to Mark chapter one today. We're in the twenty-third verse. Jesus has went into the synagogue in Capernaum and began to teach. And as we said yesterday, his teaching is so astonishing because he teaches with an authority, and this is not the authority that's been placed upon him due to his position. That would be scribal authority. This is an authority that's been placed in him. You could say it's an authority that's been placed in him due to his identity, that he knows who he is, he knows what his job is, and he speaks as someone who knows who they are. There's a difference in someone who speaks who has a title and someone who speaks who has a call. 
and that Jesus is a walking embodiment of this. There was a man in their synagogue, verse 23, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, let us alone. That, that word us is an addition. It's let alone. What have we to do? We've added us because there is the word for we there in the Greek. So it is plural. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. There's a couple of things here that are really worth bringing out. One is a a little bit of a, a grammatical point that needs to be made. This is an idiom that distances the speaker from the person being addressed. Uh, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Interestingly, this idiom only appears one other time in the New Testament. And what makes that interesting is that that time it's Jesus that says it. From the famous wedding at Cana in John 2, when his mother comes to him and says, son, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, what, what does that have to do with me? My time is yet not yet come. And he uses that narrative idiom of distancing speaker from the person addressed, like building a chasm, like what you want me to do and what I'm doing are two entirely different things. The demon that's in this man or the spirit that's influenced this man, however you want to interpret that. And yes, I mean, uh, we don't exactly know how to interpret that because I just used a word that's not even there, demon. That word, by the way, is not in the Greek. This is an unclean spirit, which could be an all-over-the-map sort of thing. We don't know exactly what the narrator, what the writer Mark means by unclean spirit. What we do know is it's something that is in the man, influencing the man, whether it's something that he has formulated by the way he has lived his life, by the sins he's committed, by the way his life has been shaped, whether it's his doing or his parents doing or his background or his context, we don't know. We don't get all that detail. We just know that he's being swayed. And what is be, what what is in him is bigger than him. And what is in him has a chasm between it and what is in Jesus. That's why that idiom is important here. But notice it's the evil spirit that calls Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, uh, literally, he calls him in the Greek, Jesus the Nazarene. Nazareth is where Jesus is from, west uh, on the Sea of Galilee. This phrase, Holy One of God, is peculiar because only in this incident, which is repeated in Luke 4, but only in this incident is Jesus ever described as Holy One of God. And why I think that's incredible is it's a demonic or a unclean spirit. It's something from the other realm that recognizes Jesus as the holy embodiment of God. And to this point, no human has recognized what this spirit has recognized. I want to leave you with this thought today. In the realm of the spirit, Jesus is even more famous than he is in the realm of the natural. And he's pretty famous in the realm of the natural. Imagine how powerful he is in the realm of the spirit. We will see how Jesus responds to this tomorrow. God bless.